podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Road End Podcast. Each episode, we will speak to a new guest, get to know them and hear their stories about Liverpool Football Club. Hi everyone and welcome to Season 2 of the Road End Podcast. Today I'm joined by former Red Sean Highdale. Sean joined the Reds at the age of nine and worked his way through the ranks to become captain of the under-18s. Thanks for joining, mate. How are you? I'm not too bad, mate. How are you? Good, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate no, it. Privilege, mate. Thank you. Thank you for asking me. No problem at all. So let's start with when you joined the club. So you joined at nine. And yeah. I'd seen that you've been scouted for a while. So where was you at the time? Yeah, so um, funny enough, mate, I was at um, a team called Huntswood, which was kind of a I'm like a cross between Hunts Cross and Halewood. Obviously, that's around where I'm from. So uh, I was playing for them as a kid. I got asked to go up to Madder Avenue, which is where they were kind of doing the scouting system type of thing. And then this must I must have been about seven, eight. And then when it comes to the time where you had to get picked to go, you know, basically to the nines officially with Liverpool or get let go, I actually got let go. I didn't I didn't get picked by um, by Liverpool at this point. So um, I left there and went back playing obviously on Swood and started playing for Country Park. He was at the time quite a well known team, I think, since Alexander Arnold and I played there and stuff. So I think I went back there, started playing Saturday and Sundays. And then within a few months made me come back and basically said we made a mistake type of thing. Can you come back up for like a six week trial? And I think I done a couple of weeks and then he said, Yeah, you know, we want you on board type of thing. So so yeah, signed officially with Liverpool at the age of nine. When you were signing, you're nine years of age, how does it feel when like it's official? Yeah, like I always remember my mum and dad kind of telling me and I remember jumping over the back of the couch, you know, like a bit of a somersault type of thing. Because yeah. as you say, it's me, it's me, you know, I've loved the, the club since I was born. Obviously, it runs right through the family. My dad's in Madrid, gone to games since I can remember. So obviously to get told you're going to play for, for Liverpool at that age is, you know, it's overwhelming and I was made up. You're part of the age group. Fair to say the squad was ridiculous. Um, who stood out? Well, as in when I grew up and all that as well. Yeah, so you're going through, obviously, the age group from the 9s to the 18s. Yeah. Um, I'd imagine it's a similar crop once you get to 14, 15. So yeah. you stood out once you're at that age. Uh, when I started getting a bit older, obviously, you, you start bringing players in from Denmark and Germany yeah. and Sweden and stuff like that. So it starts getting a lot a lot tougher. But you know what? I always rated, rated Nathan Eccleston highly. Like, I just feel like I always thought when he was on his game, like he was, you know, he was unstoppable, his feet and his skill and... It's quite strong as well for you know a lad who's not very big, so I always always rated him highly. But then obviously you had the likes of Martin Kelly as well. Who, the likes of Martin Kelly, you just knew he was gonna make it. If you yeah. know what I mean, he was yeah he was a man at like fifteen. <laughs> obviously the way the age of age groups work at Liverpool back then, I don't know if it's the same now. Was obviously one year you play with the lads younger than you, and then the next year you play with the lads older than you. So obviously one year I'd be playing with the likes of Martin Kelly and that. And then next year you'd be playing with you know the younger lads, mm. uh, but yeah, as I say, I think in my actual own age group, I'd probably pick out Nathan Eccleston. There was a lad called Stephen Irvin who basically me and him were the only two who went from nine to eighteens. Everyone else come and gone. Obviously, it's a tough industry to make it in, and yeah. me and Stephen were the only ones who basically went all the way through together. Um, so yeah, but technically. A, Technical wise, I'd say Nathan Eccleston, but someone you just knew added to make it was Mark Kelly. Did, uh, did Nathan come from United? I think he came from Berry. Berry. Yeah, they bought him off Berry. Um, obviously, he was a United fan and that, but well, I think, but yeah, they got, they got him from Berry. 
that must have been at around 15, so I'd have said 15, 16. Yeah, I remember uh, watching at the academy, he couldn't have finished, couldn't he? Yeah, no, honestly, as I say, when he was on the game and his, his attitude was right and he was up for it, he was uh, he was he was some player like he played in a victory shield as well for England with um yeah. I think I've seen Jack Wilshire was in that squad when he was playing in that team. Yeah. I was he at youth level. Again, mate, like so obviously at that moment you don't know who they are. Obviously, you hear little snippets of this kid from Arsenal's coming up or whoever it may be. So obviously we had the training camp. I think there was two or three of us men from Liverpool. Mm. But yeah, I Honestly, like you know, as I say, when you know, when you just come home and you're like, you want to see this kid? He plays for Arsenal. Like, I got I got paired up with him, and it was a kind of like a one v one type of thing. Like, you've got to get a ball off him, and then he's got to get the ball off you off you. And honestly, he was he was younger than me, so I think he was about fourteen, fifteen, and his legs were just like three trunks anyway at that age. Uh, he was just like he was again. He was another level. Lucky enough to play with him in that game. So from the camp, I obviously got picked to play against Northern Ireland, which is our first... Oh, sorry, no, I tell a lie. We played Wales first, and I never got in the squad for the Welsh game. But then I got in the squad for the second game, which was Northern Ireland. Um, and I was lucky enough to play start as well, centre mid with Jack Wilshire. Yeah, as I say, he was just another level. But then I think, by all accounts, he went on to have a car accident or an injury or something. So I never, ever got to play with him again. But yeah, as you say, as I say, he's just like... You can just tell from then he's just going to be... He's going to make it. He's going to be a top player. From your academy days, obviously it was inevitable that he was going to, from me, that's just as a fan, you could see he was going to take the next step up at Melwood with, I'd say, I thought a few more would have. Doesn't the same. Yeah. Um, who broke the news to you that he was going up there permanent? Uh, so, do you know what, to be honest with you, because it's been a little while since I've done a podcast, it's mad, and obviously you just forget little things. So I had a little listen to one of my podcasts that I've done a little while back, just to, and I, I had the bit that actually... Fast forward to was this part. And um, yeah, so basically, the day before my accident, we had a match. I, must, I think it was against Derby or someone like that. And me, Stephen, and Nathan got called in by Highway or Macaulay or someone. And uh, yeah, we basically got told, like, at the end of the season, these three are going up with the reserves to basically be full time at Melwood and that. So yeah, I again went into the game high as a kite, uh, played well. Uh, just think, you no, know, just knowing that like every day you're gonna be going to Melbourne and just like being around the first team, obviously, whether it's training or seeing them in the building, it's just like it's what you uh, when you when you join when you're nine, it's what you're striving to to do. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was good to get that news. And obviously, for <clears throat> anyone who doesn't know, I can't believe this myself. The day after you you wear this, you have an accident. Um, a car accident, being a passenger, you lost two of your friends. And am I right in saying one's in care? Yeah, he's, he's still in the coma now, mate. Yeah, mad 15 Unbelievable. years. Crazy. Um, a bleed on the brain, a broken neck, four main ligaments in your knee snapped, and you removed the kidney, yeah. as well as being in a coma. Um, I, I've got no idea how you went on to play football, but how the how did you recover? Like, obviously, physicals with rehab and things, but mentally, that yeah. must have been more. Yeah, um, do you know what? It's 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 a tough one to explain. I thought, obviously, you get the cliche of your family and all that, which is obviously right. But Liverpool played a massive part in it. You know, the again got the top doctors, got the top specialists. Was going to London all the time and Manchester to see the top people. So that all helped. But mentally, I just feel like I was just focused on like again wanting to get back. Like I'm not shy of a challenge, and 
straight away they kind of said, listen, don't don't even think about football. It's not it's not gonna happen. You know, let's just get you back living your day to day life where you can go for walks and you know the jogs and go to the gym and stuff like that. So I just seen that as a challenge type of thing. Even when the, the specialists told me that, I just thought there's no way that's that's the way it's gonna go. Mm. So then yeah, just kind of. Uh, went from strength to strength. Obviously, the physios said, "Right, okay, we'll try this now." And then it could be like a little go on the bike. Yeah, sad. Next minute, try this, and I was just smashing every hurdle. I can kind of put it front of me. And then, yeah, two years later, before I knew it, I was got the goal clear to get back in with the team and um, start training again. By this point, obviously, my team had all moved on, so I had to stay behind and was obviously joined up with the likes of John Flanagan and players like them. So I was joining in with training with them. Connor Cody obviously has gone on to do very well now. So obviously it starts off just that could only be the floater. You can't tackle Sean type of thing. <laughs> but then, yeah, again, gradually more confidence grew into training and stuff like that. And then, yeah, I um, got put on the team sheet. I think we played Chester or Wrexham in a friendly. And uh, yeah, my name is on the board, which is a massive, um, it's a massive, you know, com- accomplishment for me really. How did you feel on that day? So obviously you've been in the training and things like that, but competitors is a totally different game, and so yeah. when you seen your name on there, was it emotional? It was a, it was an emotional roller coaster, let me tell you, because obviously again the whole academy had changed. Highway had gone, Dave Shannon had gone, or you McCauley had gone, and he brought in the likes of Rodolfo Barello and yeah. play uh, coaches like them. Now obviously he'd never seen me play, he'd never had that relationship with me like I had with. Dave Shannon and people like that. So he didn't really give me the time of day, to be honest with you. So obviously the physios had pushed for me to start to to to, to play a to play a part in this certain game. So anyway, going to changes, everyone everyone's hugging me and all that. So anyway, Rodolfo uh, calls me in his office. So I go in and all that, all happy, and he says, hey, "Listen, basically, he says you I'm only playing you because the physios have begged me to." He said. I'd rather play, and I remember the players, Craig Rodden, who's actually my mate now. He said, I'd rather play Craig Rodden 90 than give you 20. Something like that. Yeah, so I, as you can fully imagine, I'm not as great as admire and Obviously, now he's doing well under Guardiola, and I always have a laugh at Flan and uh, Matty and them, like when he comes on the screen, because I don't obviously don't like him. But they, but they liked him, but yeah. So that day was a massive, you know, emotional roller coaster. But I don't even know how someone in, in normal person could even just say something like that. You know what I mean? Like it's the, it's something that I've been and this took me two years, by the way, to get back fit. It took me a long time. Um so yeah, he's just absolutely wrote ruined me moment. Like <laughs> <laughs> God. So <laughs> that's that's, that's through me that I can't believe he said that to you, you know. Thanks, <laughs> honest, but anyway, it is what it is, isn't it? I've seen you represented Team GB in Brazil in the Paralympics. Yeah. That's obviously uh, uh, did they put that down to as a cerebral palsy? Yeah. So um, so how that came about was I was in my mum's my mum's kitchen where I'm at right now. Funny enough, and uh, I got an email from this guy called Jeff Davis. Um, basically just saying, obviously we've read about you online and we know ex- everything what's happened to you, but and basically you'd spent a few days in a coma, and now like 90-odd percent or whatever, when someone goes in a coma for that long, they end up with, a, you know, some sort of cerebral palsy. So would you mind coming down to St. George's Park, letting us have a little look at you and stuff like that? So why not? You know what I mean? So obviously told me mum and that. thought, why not? So, yeah, so I went down to St. George's Park. This is England at the time, yeah. just England. So I've gone down, seen the the, the, the doctors and all that. And, um, yeah, they were kind of like, 
do kind of like telling me to do certain things that like obviously you don't do day to day. For example, he was moving his finger like that, and I had to touch my nose and touch his finger, and I couldn't do it. It was mad. So I was thinking, wow, what's going on here? And he was like, well, that's part of your brain's not not working. You know what I mean? So anyway, like and fast forward, I had a little signs of it. So he said, we want you to keep coming down. So kept going down to training and stuff like that. And then yet, yeah, like uh, the Paralympics is coming about. So. That's where Team GB gets formed. And obviously you've got Scotland and you've got Northern Ireland and all that stuff like that who, who come and join. And yeah, got picked for that. Um, so went to Brazil, mate. Yeah, 2016. Unbelievable experience. How did you just get on? Yeah, we came... I think we came fifth or fourth or fifth. I can't remember. But I think because obviously you've got the likes of Ukraine and Russia. Now, obviously with that big bomb thing what happened days ago where a lot of people are just born disabled and that. They when we when we drawn them, all the lads were like, oh no, we've got you've got Ukraine in the group, and I was thinking, like, surely it'd be all right. But honestly, God, mate, I was playing against the lads since mid. He had one arm and that. I couldn't get near him. He was mm-hmm. unbelievable. Honestly, with that good. Now I think they pile a lot of money into that though. So I feel like I think they're full time. So they get paid and stuff. They train every day. Where we used to meet up once a month for a weekend. So I think we were never ever on level with them in terms of quality. And I think that fourth where we finished was the highest that Great Britain's ever finished in in a in a in a Paralympic tournament. So, which was good. Yeah, but yeah, when you come against Ukraine and Russia and Brazil, honestly, make we play Brazil on our opening game, obviously to set the tournament up. There's about fourteen thousand people there. Um, wow. The experience was was unbelievable. But again, they were a very good side. So I think we got beat two one that game. And is that is that seven aside? Yeah, seven aside. Honestly, it's mad. Um, obviously, there's no offsides, but every player gets gets a number. Basically, a number five is how affected they are with the disability, and number eight is how least affected they are. So I just crept in and got an eight. But obviously, the rules are you can only play one eight at a time. You can't play oh, two. Right. What what they were doing was they're Ukrainians. They had like a six, and he was definitely an eight. Do you know what I mean? So they had like two sixes or seven and they were just all of them were just like eight so but uh but yeah it was seven aside no offsides um the goal the, the pitch was pretty big so you had to be it was physically demanding but it was good really really enjoyed it it's something you don't hear of isn't it so i just thought i'd ask about that yeah yeah i've never even i've, I've never even watched it I didn't even know it was a thing myself honestly like obviously you see the olympics and paralympics but i'd never ever seen football involved in it uh but Obviously, you spent more more time you spend with the team, and that he was he was it was in two thousand and twelve uh, London mm. Paralympics. Um, but yeah, no, as I say, it was great. Most thing I can say from that is what a what a like experience of life and how people live still with disabilities and stuff. It was a proper eye opener. Just watching how they get on in life, and, and you know what, like they're happier than anyone. You know, any of us. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just mad, but yeah, it was a great experience. I was going to ask you about that because. Obviously, the let's just say the stuff you've been through, it takes someone strong to come out the other end of it, mate. So, you know, fair play to that because there's people who've been through less that don't come out the other side. So with family and stuff, it's massively important that you stay in touch with that, isn't it? So do you ever look back on any of it or do you always look forward? Um, No, obviously, like, people ask me all the time, like, you know, do you miss playing and stuff? And it's obviously, it's a silly question. Obviously, I miss playing at that standard. I went on from Liverpool. Obviously, I had to go. I had to move on. I wasn't. Mm. I, I wasn't uh, physically able to carry on with the lads. Um, so they sent me out on loan to Oldham and 
again, just can't, just my knee was knackered, I just couldn't keep up with the lads, went down lower, Huddersfield, MK Dons, Atkinson, Stanley, went, just kept going lower. I don't miss that, if you know what I mean. But yeah. the Liverpool days, yeah, I miss it, miss it massively. And then obviously you get people asking you, do you reckon you would have made it? And stuff like that, you know, all the, all the questions type of thing. But but no, yeah, I do, I do miss it. You've got your fingers in many pies now. Obviously, I won't go into too much detail on what they are in a business sense. So, how are you finding this side of life then? Because obviously, when you're 18, you're probably thinking long term. You're just going to be playing yeah. football day in, day out. But business side of things, how's that? Good, mate. Yeah, it's tough. Obviously, I got involved when, like, you know, COVID wasn't too far away and Brexit and all that stuff. And obviously, I, I went into, you know, development type of things first with, you know, buying land, building apartments, stuff like that. So, obviously, that didn't help. But Still, still cracking on and doing all right, enjoying it, kind of learning on the job with my partner and share meetings with different people and stuff like that. So now I'm enjoying it. As you say, it's not something that I thought I would have been doing, but life comes at you fast. And when you're not getting no money from somewhere at the time, I had to kind of get myself in work and then it showed me a different side of life. You know, mm. you get protected when you're growing up with Liverpool, you know, your clothes, wash your boots, wash whatever your mum's doing, my mum's doing the same come to a point where he had to swallow me pride and go and get a job and and, and make some money. So I'm happy in a way because it's shown me both sides of life. Yeah. But um but now as I say I'm enjoying it. Um I'm enjoying learning and stuff like that. And it's something that I'm gonna have to well have to and want to do for a long time now. So I'm gonna have a nice life. Good. So Liverpool at the minute. I don't know how much you're watching, I don't know how much you're involved, <clears> things <throat> like that, but going through a bit of a mad time, aren't we? What what's your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, Obviously, injuries don't help me. We've got five of starters. You know, you've got Diaz, Firmino, uh, Van Dijk, people like that injured. But I I feel like we've missed the boat. We, well, we missed the boat on rebuilding back yeah. when we won the Premier. That's when we should have went bang. Like, let's rebuild now. Obviously, the lads have done brilliant for four or five years. But, you know, the, the worn out, aren't you? Henderson, Fabinho, players like that. If you look at that, it's, they've been in there for five years, every single game. Given it hundred percent, I feel like we should have rebuilt then when we when our you know when we were strong. There's not another there's not a player in the world who wouldn't have wanted to play for Liverpool at that time. Play under Klopp, we mm-hmm. should have built on that then. Um, I've seen an interview with Guardiola a while back, and he say, "What's the what's the you know what's the uh, the ingredients of success type of thing?" And he says, "You've got to keep evolving, keep changing every two years or so." And he says, "And I feel like that's just what we didn't do." You know, don't get me wrong. Obviously, we're going to get out of it. Oh, it's just it's tough at the minute, isn't it? Like it's just that's mad. Mad how you just like as you say, the goal from last year, challenging for everything. We're all going to Wembley and all that. You know what I mean? To this year, it's just like no one even wants to get on the ball. There's no confidence. Obviously, Salah's not on it. You just think, what's going on here in the last six months? You know what I mean? It's just like what's changed. It kind of feels like we've stood still, doesn't it? When everyone else yeah. round us seems to be building and that's improving. <clears throat> exactly, mate. Yeah, that's that's it. That's exactly what we've done. We are now going to do a quick fire round with our guests. This could be very controversial. I'll finish with a quick fire round. There's not there's not too much into it. There's a few questions. You've just got to be on the spot. So yeah. club or country? Yeah, club. Yes, go. So you're gonna say club. Yeah. <laughs> Jay Spearin or Sean Hydale? In what respect? <laughs> on the pitch. Yeah, I'm gonna say me. <laughs> Original Preds or the new style Preds? Original, all day. 
We don't have the little uh, the elastic thing that go over your boots. Brilliant. Like, it was heartbroken when mine snapped. I just used to have to like decide do I want to put it like the elastic right in the middle or do I want to put it like three quarters, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I used to have that little thing that before matches and that. The problems we had when we were kids. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and if, if you could compare yourself to a player modern day, who would it be? Yeah, modern day. Yeah, it's a tough one, yeah. I don't really know. Do you think? Obviously, back in the day, I probably would have liked to, like a kind of Mascherano type of player who gets gets himself about him. You know, obviously not shy away from a tackle, mm. uh, not bad on the ball and that. So yeah, back in the day, Mascherano nowadays, I don't really know because they don't really have. It's obviously what your box of boxes like a dude Bellingham, but he's obviously scary. But you know, you still have to have your position. Though you know, they've gone a lot. Everyone's gone to kind of a sitting now. Yeah. Don't really. When I was there, it was like a two, a six, and an eight centre mids. Mm. Times have changed, haven't you? So I don't really know at the minute, but yeah, Mascarano back in the day, as you were kind of like she is to look up to type of thing. Okay, so last one you've got to start bench or sell. Torres, Torres, and Salah. That is tough one, man. <laughs> uh, it's an add on it, obviously. It's an add on between Suarez and Salah to start because Suarez is just unbelievable. But Salah's goal ratio for the last three or four, four years is just ridiculous as well, isn't it? Yeah, mad. I'll go from what I'd like to watch. Obviously, I'd go Suarez first, Salah, Bench, and then sell Torres. Nice. All right. Just because of what he'd done. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's a, that's a tough one, to be fair, that means. Suarez yeah. just, yeah, you'd watch him and go, wow, how's he just done that? But, like, he'd, like, kind of, it's like he kicked balls off people, but it's like he meant it because he'd done it all the time, if you know what I mean? Like, first few times, he'd be always lucky there. Mm. But, like, he was doing it all the time. It's just like, you know what I mean? Like, Megs as well. Meg King, yeah. As I say, Salah's just insatiable the way he can just finish and stuff like that. But some of the things you used to watch Suarez do was just like mind blowing. So yeah, that's going Suarez. Did you ever get a chance to see him train? Yeah, I didn't, mate. No, obviously. Again, like times changed. And when I was at the academy, it was kind of that's the academy and that's Melwood. There's no mixing type of thing. Where now there's from what I can see, there's a lot of mixing and a lot of young lads get the chance to go up and experience that, which I fully think should happen because if I would have got the chance to go and play with the first team, say, or team, my head would have, as Morgo said, I would have been thinking, oh my God, like, so my head would have fell off, like Morgo said on his on his podcast, where if you kind of get integrated into them slowly, it becomes a norm then. Yeah. And obviously, all I'm guessing all the first team, that's like Morgo said again, Carrigan and all that, well, you build relationships up with them then. So the more you see them and get on, the less you'd feel more pressure when you're going to play. So, um, so but no, to the answer, the answer to your questions, I never, ever got to uh, train with the lads or nothing like that, no. Okay, well, let's call it a pod there, Sean. Um, yeah, no, mate. Thanks for your time today, mate. I appreciate it. And, you know, I, I don't really like asking tough questions and going over people's past on certain things, but yeah. I appreciate your honesty on it, mate. No, you're more than welcome. No problem at all. And um, I wish you all the luck with your business side of things. And... Thank you, Mason. I'll keep, uh, I'll keep following your podcast as well. Keep having a listen. Cheers, mate. All the best. Catch you soon. Thanks to everyone for listening in to today's podcast and thank you to our amazing guests. Without them, this wouldn't be possible. Don't forget to follow us on social media, twitter.com forward slash the road end pod and on Instagram, Instagram slash the road end pod.